Hi, and welcome to Inglewood Presbyterian Church in Kirkland, Washington. We are a church for the neighborhood, whether you're a local neighbor or from far away, all are welcome here. We are pleased to present to you our weekly Sunday sermons. Our head pastor is James Cuman, and you can find more information about us on our website at inglewoodpc.org. Our scripture comes from Mark 12, verses 28 through 34, and I'm reading from the English um, Standard Version. And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them well, asked him, which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, the most important is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said to him, You are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is the one, and there is no one beside him and to love him with all your heart and with all the understanding and with all strength. And to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more than all the whole burnt offering or sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. The word of the Lord. The delicious irony of Jesus telling a scribe, a Bible nerd, someone who spent a lifetime studying scripture, who asked a good question and seems kind of open, that you're not far from the kingdom of God. The, the delicious irony there should not be lost on any of us. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, if any of us here are not far from the kingdom of God, we simply ask that you bring us in today. That we would hear you, if we haven't before, that we would hear you and know you and, and love you and love others as we listen to others. We pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. I had a request that... Um, we do a, a reveal on what was in the, the bag. So, um, as you might have guessed, there were, in fact, several metal things, a small one and a large one. And in the large one, um, they're useful props because they are, in fact, money, but they're not worth a ton. And so, uh, a bunch of Colombian coins. So, if you wanted to know, here you go. Especially the sense of hollow metal is not wrong either, because some of those coins are actually uh, hollow. Anyway, moving on. 
I find it fascinating that this invitation to love God with all our heart, our mind, our, Jesus adds mind, strength, our being, begins with the command to listen. And that when Jesus picks up this Shema, that, again, every adult Jew prays daily, he then adds a second command to love. But it, again, it starts with listen, love God with everything you are, love your neighbor as yourself. Listen, love God, love neighbor. Listen, love, love. And even though we may or may not think of it this way, there is a sense in which listening is the beginning of love. That listening is in fact receptive. Stuff comes to us from outside of us. But isn't that true with just us in general? Life comes to us from outside of us. God in all ways is grace. Come to us freely. We don't create the sound waves that come to our ears. We didn't give ourselves life. We don't make ourselves acceptable to God. God comes to us with life and all things in grace. And then the invitation in that moment is to having heard, having listened, to then respond with love for God, love for neighbor. And for me, coming to this particular Sunday as we're talking about befriending and obviously listening, and just ha- there's no way to be a friend without listening. It can't happen. If we do not hear each other, if we do not listen well, there are simply going to be severe and sharp limits to how deep our friendship can go. And coming to this Sunday, and the obvious text to use was, in fact, the Shema, because of the first word, in a whole new way, I feel like God's been putting it on me, just how intrinsic to love listening is. Hence the Dietrich Bonhoeffer quote on the front of the bulletin, yeah? The first service that one owes to others in the fellowship, meaning to other Christians, others who are made part of the body of Christ, other people who have been brought into the old English word of fellowship is brotherhood, right? Becoming siblings. The first service that one owes to others who are in the family of God consists in listening to them. Just as love to God begins to listening, begins with listening to his words, so the beginning of love for the brothers and sisters is learning to listen to them. And I know for me that's been something that has grown over time. One story that uh, happened actually is we were, Liz and I were driving, we completed the honeymoon, we were driving cross country to Jersey, we were gonna have our first place together, everything was exciting and new. We got to Phoenix, Arizona, and we blew a tire, as you know, things will happen in Phoenix, Arizona. And I can say that because I was born in Tempe. Exactly, it's super hot, and um, yeah, it's honestly not a place that I really wanna live again. Uh, I spent four and a half years there, I'm good. 
But in blowing the tire, we ended up in the lobby of the tire repair shop, waiting for our car to be fixed. In said lobby was an older gentleman who, as you do when you're stuck together for a certain amount of time, strike up a conversation, right? Turns out he's a World War II vet. He'd been a waste gunner in a bomber during World War II. A waste gunner, by the way, is the guy in the middle of the plane that is shooting a 50 caliber machine gun um, at enemy fighters as they're coming in. Yes, on both sides of the plane, yes, Jonathan. Um, and then proceeded to, as sometimes happens, right? Uh, proceeded to just kind of unload. And so on one level, clearly I was listening well enough that he was interested in talking and it was a, it was a conversation and I got to know about his life and which among other things was a series of disappointing relationships over the years and kept talking. But then the tire got fixed and our car was handed and we took our leave and Liz and I are in the car and we're driving out and she turns to me and she says, you know, I think he just wanted someone to say thank you. And in that moment, I realized like she had heard, cause she was right, she was absolutely right. In that moment, like she nailed it. That Liz had heard his heart in a way that I had not. I had asked enough questions and done the uh-huh, uh-huh, and, like, and, and had showed genuine interest and enough that he kept talking and it was a genuine conversation, but I had, I had missed what Liz picked up on that the thread that ran through was not just his service in World War II, but in a, a variety of relationships since, just his sense of he had done things that simply, there was not the appreciation that his heart longed to hear. And what I'm going to emphasize, there's a lot of ways we could go with learning to listen, right? But here's what is on my heart and I think is a big factor in everything from, you know, our friendships individually with neighbors, us as a community, us as a congregation, us as a nation is in learning to listen. That it's about hearing each other's heart. That one of our primary, I would say the primary goal in listening, engaging with another person is to hear not just the words that are said and not just the facts that are shared, but their emotions, their feelings. And that if we can hear where each other is at emotionally, that will give us connection, right? Because, you know, years later, I can tell you that he was a waste gunner in a B-24, right? Like, I got the details. But the heart I missed, and I missed an opportunity to serve him in that conversation. Now, things can be learned. I still miss things, as pretty much everybody in this room can probably attest. Mm -hmm. But I've gotten better. And a recent example that God used to, to reassure me that, like, yes, there's, there's, James, there's been some growth. Um, I happened to cross paths for a couple weeks with a guy from Germany. And, uh, you know, being, a, this is in Costa Rica, actually. And, and, but being from Germany, his English was, you know, perfect. Uh, had all the slang down because Germans. And he, 
the very first morning that I was there, uh, he, in the hostel, he brought me breakfast and, you know, said good morning, and then he came and picked up, and we struck up a conversation, and um, he asked, so you're, you're a pastor? I'm like, yeah, By the t after we talked about languages and other things. Well, you're here for a couple weeks, right? I'm like, yeah. Well, while you're here, can, can I ask you some questions? I have some questions about God. I'm like, yes, that would be great. I would, you know, <laughs> like, what am I gonna say? No, don't ask me, I'm like, yes, right? And so over the next two weeks, had a number of delightful conversations and got to know him. And the encouraging thing for me, asked me questions that don't necessarily know the answer, but got a sense of where he's at and what God is doing in his life now. And he's definitely still on the journey. But here's what was encouraging to me. The last day, I was taking my leave, done with the workshops, done with... And he came to me and was like, oh, I'm so glad you were here. You were so good at knowing when I wanted to talk and being available and when I just wanted to say good morning because I was up in my own things and just, I just wanted to sweep the floor and be done. These things, I share this story not to like, I'm a great listener now, but saying like, things can be learned because I didn't start out as anything of a good listener. And by God's grace, Few skills, lots of practice, willingness to make mistakes. God can use us to bless other people in friendship as we listen. So here's what we're going to do for a bit. Take that, uh, here we go, this other, this other piece of paper in here. And if you, um, if you open it up, you'll see on the inside, welcoming a widower. And um, there's a couple of dialogues there. Anna, does anybody not have this? So read the first dialogue. Mr. Jones greets Mr. Brown. Just you can kind of read it to yourself briefly. And I'm guessing as you read, you're going to have some critiques, which is the point of this. Some things went well, but some, some critiques. This is a, an usher, who, a greeter, who's, you know, they're after worship and people are going home. So when you're done, just kind of look up so I have a sense of where we're, we're basically right. Okay, so what are some things we notice about this first dialogue? Mr. Jones greets Mr. Brown at the door. Mr. Brown is leaving to go home, presumably. What are some things we notice about this first dialogue, just you know, briefly? Things that went well, things that didn't go so well. <laughs> okay, yeah, so Jonathan noticed that it doesn't seem to go well because at the end, uh, Mr. Brown is, uh, begins to back away. That's never a good sign, right? I mean, it's just... <laughs> right, so where, what are some of the misses here? Yeah, Jeff? Right. He's, yeah, Mr. Mr. Jones is responding to the words, but not reading the, the feelings, right? Not engaging the body language. Yeah, Lily? Totally, yes. Yeah, it's commonly said, the 90-10, the I mean, different psychologists have different ratios, but yes, the vast majority of communication is nonverbal, and Mr. Jones just misses it. Yeah. Eileen? Yeah, right? Yeah, you, you get that distinct impression that, yeah, Mr. Jones is not really wanting necessarily to engage. Okay, I think, I think we've got there. Okay, second dialogue. This one goes better. So again, read through it and notice what goes well. And, you know, there still might be some misses. And again, when you've read it, um, kind of look up 
so that I have a sense of, yeah, right? His, yeah, Mr. Gomez picks up on the difference between what the words are saying and what the, the nonverbals are saying, yeah. And respond, and yeah, more? Craig? Yeah, so he responds, sounds like things are, sounds like things are pretty rough, right? And changes his tone, loses the cheeriness, right? Right, yeah, he takes initiative to get to know him. Yeah, you get that sense, right? There's, there's some, he's not gonna get up in church and like, you know, in the middle of the worship service and give a testimony about this probably anytime soon, right? Yeah. And picking up on what several of you said, do you notice that in that second, Mr. Gomez, the second thing he says, sounds like things are pretty rough. Do you notice he's actually responding to the nonverbal rather than the verbal, right? He's, he's almost on one level ignoring what Mr. Brown actually said with his words, and he's responding as if his words had communicated. Like, do you see how that's going? He's letting the emotional content shape his response rather than yeah, and so what Carol's pointing out is he's restating what he's hearing in several different ways, right? It sounds like, right? It's not as a definitive state, but it's, there's a tentativeness to it, but he's, right? And then um, sort of where the little paragraph break or sort of is, um, so it's hard, but you feel good about your chances of pulling through. You notice he's not parroting every single word, but he's pulling a couple words that were said, putting it together, Summarizing, restating, that's a tricky one because man, if you just parrot the exact same words down, the person can be like, I just said that. But done skillfully, it moves, active listening, right? It moves the conversation forward. Yeah, there's an emotional response on the part of Mr. Brown that there's a connection being made. And then one more thing that I just point out and can move us forward is Mr. Gomez offers to take him to lunch on the spot. And the way this is built, you know, I, we can guess at whether they know each other at all other than this interaction, maybe, maybe not. But there's an immediate initiative on the part of Mr. Gomez, and any of us can do this, right? Maybe if it's not lunch that day, it's, you know, hey, I, I normally, you know, I go to the gym on Tuesdays, do you wanna meet up after that? Or do you wanna, there's ways that we can take initiative to phone, in person, whatever, to have further connection when there's a connection that started to be made. Um, along the theme of skill building, we're gonna have one more round. And this one, we get to make it more fully small groupy interactive. If I could have two or three people who would be willing to come up here and role play briefly. Dana, okay, Jonathan. Okay, I've got five. We'll make all the kids. Come on up. Okay. So, so each of you take one of these. And on the back page, you guys can be reading the back page. The rest of you look stay on the inside here. Uh, four types of probes. This is something that um, I encountered in seminary, and I realized, you know, I've done these things before, but it was helpful for me to see them as like, oh, these are things I could learn to do. Um, four ways of responding when someone says something, and we're gonna, we're gonna practice really briefly here. The first one, I think we all do anyway, so we don't need to practice a ton, but 
Minimal prompts. You see where it says right here? Uh-huh. See, Susie just did it. <laughs> Minimal prompts. When someone says something, we could go, mm-hmm. Meh. Meh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would be a disagreement, but you're responding and you're engaging and it's good. Yes. Just a second. Meh, yes. So, and they give you some, uh-huh, hmm, yes, I see, ah, uh, oh, right? So, and in this way, when they say pastor, they mean someone who is caring for someone else, which means anybody in the church. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Danke schön. Um, so the second one, this is one that I don't think I did very often until... I ran across this particular resource and then realized, like, wow, this is actually really helpful. So here, so each of you on the back sheet, pick one of these sentences that you feel like you would like to say and think about the feelings you might have when you say it, okay? Find one that you like and then think about what feelings you would have as you say it. Imagine yourself some kind of story, but you're just gonna say that one sentence, okay? On the back, does that make sense? Everybody picked one sentence? Very good. Okay. What we're going to practice now briefly as a group is as one at a time, each of these kids says a sentence. What's a one word accent that you might respond with to invite further clarification. For instance, when I said further clarification, an accent would be clarification. Do you see how this works? All right, I will get. All right, here, awesome. All right, so are you ready with your, your sentence? Okay, say it loud, but say it with some feeling, however you want to. Work is killing me these days. <laughs> well done, nice. We have a young thespian here. Um, so what's an accent that somebody might respond with? Okay, yeah, I'm hearing a number, right? There's a, there's a lot of options here. <laughs> okay, next sentence. You ever have one of those times when nothing seems to work? It's one of those times for me. Okay. Nothing? What's another accent you could ask at that point? One of those times? Yeah, right? And just repeating, picking up a word or a phrase from what they just said and just asking it in question form and then letting them respond again. All right, Dana. Just two more weeks. I can't wait. Very good. So imagine somebody you don't know very well and they say this, just two more weeks. What's an accent you could come back with? If you, you just, you have no clue what they're talking about. What's an accent? Yeah, what? Wait for what? Two more weeks, right? All right, two more of these. I think we've got it. All right, you got your sentence. I guess I'm pretty frustrated at the pace of change around here. Okay, you guess? Frustrated? 
change, right? Okay, we're, we're getting this. All right, last but not least. <sighs> I don't really have one. Just say, just say that. I'm trying to find one that I like. Okay, what's an accent? One, Try to, right? Yeah, so you see how this works, yes? And I have to tell you, for me, there are other skills involved in active listening, absolutely. But for me, this was the accent. When I discovered this, life got so much easier in listening and engaging and encouraging the other person to speak because now all of a sudden it's not on me to think of some restatement in the moment. It's not on me to think of some question. I just have to be paying enough attention and show enough interest to pick up on a key word. And by simply asking that one word in question format, I'm asking for clarification and inviting them to say more. Thank you so much. You were super, let's give everybody a round of, round of hand, round of applause. And the point of all of this is it's easy to talk about listening or even to listen for a little while about somebody talking about listening. But the point for all of us, for me and for all of us, is to let Jesus send us into engaging with other people in their lives to open our ears and our hearts to hear each other. As we have already been heard. To live out the good news that we've been given in this way, to listen. Thanks be to God. Uh, this has gone a little longer than uh, I had planned, but I think it's been good. And um, I'm going to suggest that we sing the song of response um, now. We'll do some brief announcements and then we will yeah, we'll sort of collapse a few things, but I do think it's important to respond to the word.